Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Go course. The sun is shining and the birds are about and there's a certain buzz in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15 hole tees, drivers recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because he's certainly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with a dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> G'day, this is Golf. Andrew Datto is my name. Nice to have your company. Uh, today, one of my favourite things, and that is talking to... A golfer from another time. I know that sounds terrible. I don't mean it. I mean it in the best possible way. It's Ken Dukes. Now, Ken's currently uh, assistant pro at Wyong Golf Club. So we spoke to John Elder uh, last time on the podcast and he talked about the club. We're not talking about Wyong this time, even though they are having their centenary. We're talking about Ken. Uh, Really good Australian touring pro, pro even. I don't know what a plo is. Touring pro in the 80s and 90s. Uh, Runner-up in the Australian match play in 91, third at the Victorian and Queensland Opens in 85. And he did have a win. And that's where we're going to start. So we'll get to how he came to the game of golf, but we're going to start with his win uh, and see how we go from there. But he has won 19 Pro-Ams throughout Australia in his career, and he's got a really lovely insight. So nice and quick and easy and a bite-sized version of the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. I'm on the Norfolk Island Golf Classic. Oh, a long time ago. Right. So, but, but you've had, you've had um, you know, good success. Yeah, I, I played okay for a few years, yeah, for, um, for probably about five or six years through mid-80s through to early 90s. I played pretty good and had finished third a few times, second, and... But I never got to win a tour event, so that was sort of disappointing in one way. But so. wasn't the Norfolk Island a... I mean, it's an event. Does yeah, the, but it was part of um, the New South Wales uh, Pro-Am circuit, I suppose, almost. Uh, it was played as a four-round event, yeah. um, but uh, it wasn't part of the main tour. It wasn't part of the Australian tour. Okay, and so Norfolk... I mean, so I, I, and I went there once with a golf show with mm. Gowie. It's a nine-hole course, yep. and I remember it being particularly tricky. Yep. Yeah, and, and also they made it really tricky because they thought he was going to try and bash their course up, so they made it super, super tricky. Right. Did they do that for the tournament? Um, well, well, it's it's a tricky little golf course as it is, and then we experienced poor weather as the week went on. 
and um, it was almost like the tip of a cyclone was coming through. So it got extremely windy, and and in you know uh, round three, I shot a really good score, and like the next best score to me was like eight shots above that, you know. And then in the final round, they took one of the par threes out of play because it was so windy, you, the ball wouldn't stay on the green. So. I won a 70-hole golf tournament, on right. a nine-hole golf course. We only played 16 <laughs> holes in the last round. So it was interesting. It was, but, it, yeah, it is a tricky little golf course, and, and uh, yeah, it's got some interesting holes on it. So. Okay, so now you're um, from a playing pro to a teaching pro. Yeah. How's the, how's the change, Ken? Oh, look, you know, it, I suppose when you grow up as a kid and all you want to do is play golf for a living, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very different sort of aspect on life but look it still has me in the golf industry you know I enjoy teaching the little kids and I've got a whole bunch of little ones where I teach on a Monday and the girls I teach on a Wednesday on a Thursday and so you know it, it's it's just passing on um and and getting people to play golf passing on a knowledge of golf and getting them to play golf and enjoy themselves how did you come into golf I just started when I was about 11 years of age and and um friend up the street invited me out to play and and I was 11 and never stopped playing from then. Right. So, and then mum and dad tagged along because I needed someone to play with. And then I turned pro when I was um, 16. I worked in a pro shop. Wow. When I was 19, I was a golf pro. And so I'm yeah getting very close to uh, 45 years as a golf pro. So. Wow. And what what is it about the game, do you think? What 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 holds you in the, in the game? Oh, look, I, look, I just found it fascinating that um, it was just me. It, it was the more I practised and the harder I worked, uh, the better I could become at it and had no reflection upon um, anyone else's input. It was just my input. Um, and, and I just enjoyed doing it. And, and I love trying to hit a, I still love trying to hit a golf ball nice and straight and long and as best I can and all that sort of stuff, you know. So. Right. Well, you would have seen a lot of change in the tech too. Oh, technology is just amazing, the amount of change. Because when I grew up, it was uh, Greg Norman hitting a steel-shafted, timber-headed club and hitting it 300 meters and everyone thought you know that's just incredible and now um with all the fiber shafts and and tungsten heads and um they're hitting at 400 meters yeah so it's you know things have changed but everybody's hitting it long now in in my day greg norman hit it long and jack nicholas hit it long um nobody else hit it anywhere near those people now everybody hits it long so you know it's incredible as a so this is weird back to me Mm -hmm. um I found in the garage a tailor-made tour preferred steel head driver from 93 with a steel shaft, right? And I went, I got suddenly really excited and went, yeah. I remember these, it, they went well yeah. and I thought I can use it like a one and a half wood and it'll save my game. Yeah, look, you know... Insane. That, yeah, well, that's right. You know, in those days, you know, all of a sudden these these metal woods, as they call them, you know, and, and tailor-made, they, they had the... The nickname of, of Pittsburgh persimmon, so you know, a play on words. But right. um, you know, they came along. They had this steel head, and and everyone you know fell in love with it. And then eventually, over the years, they've transformed. But then you know, twenty odd years ago, the ball changed the, the way they manufactured the ball, and that just made um, the manufacture of clubs. It, it everything had to change a little bit with that. So we don't hit the one on the two on anymore. That they just don't exist. Um, they're too difficult to make the ball go up in the air. So, um, so we have hybrid clubs and and all this. So it has evolved over the years. And but those days, yeah, with the with the uh, tailor made, you know, metal woods, they were they were um, certainly very popular in their day. That's for sure. So, as a former um, 
playing pro and you did well I mean you did do well as you said you know so you've had seconds and thirds in major tournaments how hungry are you at chasing distance and and using the tech to do that oh look you know I'm I'm finding it difficult to come to terms with the fact that I hit it shorter than I used to but you know when you look at the date on your license you know you're getting a little (laughs) bit older and and so that's going to come with the territory but the equipment does allow you to get the ball back out there a, a little bit further. And so I'm, I'm always, I practice pretty much every day I don't work and um, I'm always hitting golf balls and I just want to hit it better. And that's what I fell in love with, you know, 50 years ago. Um, you know, I just wanted to hit a golf ball as good as I possibly could and, and I wanted to try and earn a living at it. Um, so, you know, the technology does help to... And, and it really has advanced um, so much so that the average person and the lady player it's so much easier for those people to play with this new equipment. Whereas when I was a kid, it was difficult for those people to play. And uh, so now it has made it, you know, a game that everyone can enjoy more because of the ball and the clubs and the, they're much easier to use. All right. Is there something that people should experience in the game of golf before they give it away? Is there something that you've done where you go, God, if everyone could have this feeling, the world would be a better place or the golfing world would be a better place? Yeah, look, I, I just found... Um, being so nervous over a golf shot that I, I wanted to do it well. I was so nervous I could hardly sit a ball on a tee and then I'd hit it down the middle of the fairway. And I think anyone can experience that where they, they really want to hit a good golf shot. They're in a point in their round where they need to hit a good golf shot and they do it. And the feeling and the satisfaction I got out of that was just incredible. Okay, so did you have a trick to be able to achieve that that other people might be able to try? Because we all get it. I think every time yeah. we play, we get it. Yeah, but look, I say to people all the time, you know, where we go, where the average person goes wrong is they stop thinking about where they want to go and how they're going to do it, and they start thinking about all the places they don't want to go. And so I just say to people, look, just concentrate on where you want to pitch your golf ball to and how you are going to do it. And if you can focus on those two things, then you can create success. It's, it's when you stand on the tee and you think, oh, oh, you know, don't hit it to the right. I go in those trees all the time and I make seven every time. That's when you're going to have the problem. When you sit there and you think, OK, well, I don't want to hit it there, but I want to hit it down there. And this is how I'm going to do it. And that's all I found I did. I, I focused on where I wanted to go, how I was going to achieve that result. And then I just kept repeating that as often as I possibly could in the round of golf. And when I played really well, I was doing it, you know, quite often. A lot. So, a lot, yeah. So, it's a gr- so great tip. I mean, it's so sensible and yet it it's, sounds, so, it's, it's so hard so to simple. do. Yeah, it, it is. That's right. You know, and, and I say to people all the time, I said, go out, play nine holes. Think that with every shot you play and then come in and tell me how many times you did it. And I'll guarantee you, you'll have forgotten to do it except for about a quarter of the time. You know, we start thinking about all these places where we've hit our ball before, where we we don't want to be and not thinking about where we want to go. Try that and give that a go and see what happens with your goal. All right. Well, Kendra, you're still doing lessons at Wyong Golf Club? I still teach here, yeah. And and fittings as well? Yeah, we do club fittings. We have a tech centre that uh, it's an elaborate tech centre that gives us every piece of information to to get the right clubs for people. Right. And so just can I ask a cynical question about the club fitting? Yeah. I, I understand. I mean, I get it. Like, but... On the day most amateurs have their clubs fit, what's the chance of them swinging that way again in two weeks' time, realistically? Yeah. Um, I've I got to admit, I, I, <laughs> I always say to people, look, we have to be careful that we fit the golf club 
um, to the best swing that you can possibly make. You know, you're not going to do it all the time, but if we fit a golf club to your bad swings, we're not really going to improve you. So we've got to improve your golf and then fit you with the right equipment. It's a difficult one, but uh, yeah, look, just buying equipment and thinking you're going to be better, you know, I think that's a bit fanciful. I think you've got to, there is an effort that needs to be put into doing it properly and getting the right equipment. So I often meet people and they say they're going to get, I'm, I'm getting new clubs, I'm getting bloody, you know, they're playing with Ping I2s, I'm getting them, I'm just going to wait to get my swing in the right spot, I'm playing better, then I'm going to go for the fitting. Is is it better to do Absolutely. lessons, get your swing? Yeah. yeah, I had someone, I, I remember reading years ago where someone said, uh, a golf professional in America said, if you're thinking about buying an $800 driver, get 800 bucks worth of lessons then get yourself the driver so yes doing it properly is is you know uh, as i said i think if you buy a golf club trying to think you're going to play better you know you're not really thinking on the right lines you've got to think do it properly then get the equipment that matches the swing that you make okay and that's the way i'd go and so what are you playing with now i play with the titleist equipment I've, i've done it for a few years and i find it um it's really good equipment. In our testing with, with average players, we find it seems to perform the best anyhow. Um, but, but look, there's a lot of good equipment out there. Yeah, but how old are your, is your equipment? No, it's not that old. No, it's only, <laughs> it's are you a club no. hooer? Like, do you uh, go... No, oh. I, no, I'll get new sticks, but I, when I've, when I've uh, finished with the club, it's gone. I don't keep them. I, I give them to brothers and families, and right. I don't keep them because I, I don't want to go back. So when you play with members or when you go and play social golf or whatever yeah. are you a, do you check people's bags do you, um, you go, jesus christ what do you yeah. doing? <laughs> Some, sometimes because you know and look i never give golf lessons to sell golf equipment I, I give lessons to teach people to play well but i might say to someone look you know this equipment you got is harder to use than what the current clubs are so you know i might say that to some people but um you know it's uh, it's a, it's a tough one because i don't you know, I don't, yeah, no, I don't. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm just saying, yeah. like, you must literally see in people's bags oh, yeah. clubs that are just like. They're just so difficult to use. I had a lady come out <laughs> one time for a clinic, and she had a set of golf clubs, and I just thought to myself, it's just, just, there's just no way. You know, it wouldn't matter how good a swing you put on it, that club for her was there was no way she was going to hit it. So you know, you do have to very politely say, look, you know, maybe you've got to invest in some other equipment. Okay. So the same thing from a different perspective. Is there a case for holding the history? For oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I look. I I think um, you know the equipment can get to a point where it advances so much. It it you know um, all the stuff that all the records that came before become obsolete. You know, and I don't I don't like that in a way. I think um, the game has changed dramatically, and everything is it's so f- um, focused around distance. And when I was a kid, you know, the, the greatest players were the Lee Trevinos. And, and I remember watching Lee Trevino practice and his caddy just stood there and, and every ball just bounced once and he picked it up. And the kids nowadays, it's so focused on distance that that's not necessarily part of their game anymore. So accuracy and complete accuracy, you know, as in distance control and, um, you know, accuracy line control, you know. Right. So have we, are we losing something... I mean, like, it's exciting to hit big drives, sure. but it's very, very exciting Absolutely. to have pinpoint accuracy. Absolutely. 
exactly. I think, um, you know, the best players in the world, you know, some of those guys, you know, tremendous amount of, um, you know, uh, what, consistency with their, with their iron play. But the best players I ever saw, they were so consistent with their irons. that They could hit it at absolute distance. And that was back in the days before we really started getting heavily into, you know, um, having GPS and, and, and range finders and all that sort of stuff, you know. They knew how far they could hit a club and that's what they did. Yeah. You know? So we're losing that a little. So. What, what about with the um, teaching the golf swing? So, mm. you know, 50 years in the game, you mm. would have seen swings change. It, is there still a place for ropey, handy, you know, those guys you see who are really great golfers at golf clubs i mean there's a few where i played long reef and you, but you look at their swings they're scratch golfers are plus one yeah. but their swings are not yeah. you know is there still a place for that i i think so i think there's always going to be a place for that you know um and and i but as a te- as a teacher i mean like do you uh, look will you look at someone and go jesus christ like just stand still for a second yeah <laughs> um look if, if i had someone like that i'd probably look at modifying it a little um, yeah, certainly, you know, there's a lot of things have changed in, in the golf swing over the years and, you know, it goes through phases and I think, you know, we have some good coach comes along and says you've got to do it this way and everything seems to change and um, and so you're always going to have um, those fellas that played under those situations, you know, trying to now play it a different way. And look, I know, look, if you listen to Rory McIlroy, what he talks about with his golf swing and how they squat and lift and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Uh, so what do you when you listen to that? Do you go what? Oh, yeah. What do you go? Yes. No, I, I I just yeah. Look, I I think it's it's just another way of hitting a golf ball, and and I think in the end the key in the end is to find your way of being able to hit a golf ball. And like you know, there's there's tried and tried and tested methods along the way that fit into the best golf swings. Um, but from there, you, yeah, everyone's individual. You got to. I ha- I remember years ago, I was I was playing, and I said to a friend that I'm touring with, I said, you know, I'm I'm thinking about you know Leach Freno, and I'm thinking about this guy, and what method? And he said, look, if you played well, everybody would try and swing it like you. So it just showed that you know, um, you know, it, it, everyone's individual. You've got to find your way of doing it, and from there, you know. Um, keep practicing. I, I just think in the end, just go down one path. Keep practicing that same thing time and time again. Okay. And how to? What's the best way to deal with a crappy twenty-two pointer round? You know, when you. Oh look! I yeah. mean, you know, as a pro, like you've. I've had the bad scores. Yeah. You know, but you, but you know, I think um, it's like it's like anything in life. You know, to me, I, I just don't think you you can't give up. You know, I think I think um, you just got to be resilient. You got to think to yourself. That's what you got to focus on. You focus on what you you want to achieve. You keep practicing and heading towards that, um, and don't let other people sort of dictate. You know how you how you think about your golf game. You know, yeah. I know I've played some absolute awful rounds of golf. But you know, then I've played some good rounds of golf. Yeah, and, of course. You know, so. So, what about people who who are inclined to give you tips on course? You know, like in the middle of a round. You know, yeah. Gee, you're, you're sitting. You appear to be sitting low in a bar stool there. Yeah. Look, yeah, I, I always say to people, you know, you're always given two ears in golf. You know, you let it go in one ear, you let it go out the <laughs> other, and then you get on with it. You know, because everyone, I, I, I say to people when I coach them, everyone will tell you what you're doing wrong. Right. You make a really good swing, you hit a really great shot, and all they'll go is, 
Gee, that was great. Sure, mate. Exactly. They won't tell you, <laughs> oh, your weight moved beautifully, you got there, you did this. and so, But they'll tell you, if you had a bad one, lifted your head, mate. Yeah. You know, you can't lift your head, you know, you didn't move your weight, you know. So you bench left arm, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's awkward because people always want to help everyone that they play with. Uh, and unfortunately, um, the, and I say to people all the time, honestly, if it was sometimes as simple as what people make it out to keep your head down and make you a good player, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. It'd be so easy. So. All right. Well, you're still there at Wyong. That's good stuff. Thanks, Ken Jukes. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Good man. Kenny Jukes, what a ripper. So lovely to talk to him. So good of him to share his time and his knowledge and his expertise and you can get a lesson from him at the Wyong Golf Club. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll talk to you a bit later. I think next time we're going to talk to Scott Hend, touring professional, just won his first senior tournament. wonder how he's going to enjoy that. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.